Hey, hey, just a quick reminder, the Greenhouse Life Coach Training and Certification course starts September 29th, so you only have a couple of weeks to get your application in and get signed up for one of the few spots left inside of the course. This means that by the end of this year, you're going to be a trained coach with tools, strategies, and awareness about who you're supposed to be working with, who you're called to, your sphere of influence, and you're going to have people to actually walk it out with. And this round of the course comes with a bonus called the Arboretum Business Course, where I teach you everything you need to know to actually get your online business set up cheaply with all of the basic needs so that you don't spend your time with passive action doing things that don't make you money and don't actually get you coaching. And instead, you take productive action and get going. So I'm going to teach you all of that inside of the bonus Arboretum Business Course. You will come out as a certified Sterling and Stone Life Coach, and that has amazing benefits to it. So go to sterlingandstonementoring.com forward slash the greenhouse and apply today. Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Laura Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. A little off-the-cuff coaching today. (laughs) I want to share something that I literally just got over. My daughter needed to be somewhere this morning. My other daughter needed to be at school. And yesterday I had a long conversation with one of my daughters about her time management skills or challenge around time management skills. And we had a, it was hard. Let's just say yesterday was hard. Let's just say this morning was hard (laughs) on top of it. And the reality is that my emotions got the best of me. They overtook. And what I was dealing with in my mind, the overwhelm and the stress, especially this morning with everything that I have going on this week between my car and my computer problems and tech things and the greenhouse course and everything that it's taking to actually make the world go around, not to mention the people need to be fed and the grocery store needs me to come visit and there's no gas in the car. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about because I know this happens to you at times where there's just so much pressure. And I realized, um, and not until after the circumstance, um, not until I experienced this challenge this morning, I realized that I was so overwhelmed and so under pressure this week that it came out on the people I love the most, right? And I had this expectation that we would leave at eight o'clock this morning after I have a conversation with a teenage girl that she needed to manage herself 
and manage her phone time, manage her friend time, manage her homework time, and actually get everything done so she could be up at seven o'clock this morning. So she would have time to get everything done so we could leave at eight o'clock this morning so the other daughter could be on time where she was going so I could be on time to do what I'm doing. And I freaked out. Let's be real. I flipped. I literally felt the emotion of anger and frustration coursing through my body as I'm standing in there with my phone and wallet in hand ready to get in the car, another kid in the car, and it is 8.15, not 8 o'clock, and I'm standing there with what could easily turn into rage flowing through my body. And I'm saying that because I want to help you understand, you know, again, emotions are biochemical reactions. They're physical things that are happening in your body. And then your brain interprets this thing, coursing this whatever crazy going through your body, or maybe it's sadness, maybe it's joy, and and your feelings are the interpretation of that. They're connected. They're two sides of the same coin. So I'm thinking and I'm experiencing physical emotion, but I'm not connecting with my heart yet. Okay, so I'm not actually feeling anything. I was just having physical emotions and I was thinking and I was wanting justice because yesterday I was accused of being a controlling parent, which I don't, you know, you don't know me well enough to know that I just don't have good controlling muscles. Like I'm not good at controlling. I'm not good at micromanaging. I'm really good at freedom and grace and understanding and acceptance. I'm really good at all those things. I'm not good at the micromanagement. And I got accused of something that I know I'm not, I don't do. But it's also, I know it's coming from a teenage point of view, her perspective, and not just as a 16-year-old, but as the person she is, her perspective that she has in life says that I am trying to micromanage and be overprotective, which again, I'm really not. She's my fourth kid um, that I've been praying for. (laughs) And so I'm kind of like, yeah, there's going to be natural consequences to your choices, but I'm here for you. I'm in prayer. I plead the blood of Jesus over you every day (laughs) and go on with your bad self. You're going to live life. Um, call me when you need me. I'm, that's really who I am. But again, she does not see that. So under the accusation, under the pressure and feeling overwhelmed with everything on my plate this morning, the anger is rising up and coursing through my body and the frustration and it all comes out of me. And I'm, I'm like, I got the other kid in the back seat and I'm literally going, I need to get off the road. I'm going to hurt somebody. I recognize through my own mind management that this is not fun and it's not really safe for anger to be in my body like this and for me to be behind a 2,000 pound vehicle with people's lives. But there's nobody else here. 
my the only other two drivers in my house, they're out of town. So it's all on me right now. And I know some of you experience that way more often. I've lived a lot of um, single parenting married life seasons with my husband gone. And I know what it's like to have all of it on you. And when he would be gone, he'd be like out of the country in a disaster zone. And I would have to run the whole nonprofit and take care of all my children in a place where we lived with no support system and sometimes no car. Like <laughs> I get the, it's all on you right now. And I, it's become so normal to me. Um, but now my husband is less, is traveling less and he's home more. And my older daughter d- drives. I, I've gotten less used to having all of it on me all of the time. But I found myself in that place this morning. So I'm sharing all of this, one, just to be vulnerable about where I'm at and, you know, because most of my podcast is going to be sounding like I, um, you know, it, you could listen to the podcast and go like, well, she's got it all together. She's hurt. She's, she knows all these things. Maybe some of you think that, <laughs> but I'm a real person who sits at a desk and talks to nobody in the room into a microphone. And I share things that I've learned, things I am learning, but I have like real life stuff going on. And I have to coach myself through all of it because I don't have, anytime I have a coach, it's, it's not like your coach is always right in front of you every time you need a coach, right? So you have to go through life. You have to make decisions. You have to build your business. You have to become a great coach. You have to be a great parent. You're supposed to be doing all of these things. By the way, make sure you recycle. Make sure you eat organically. Make sure you listen to that. Don't listen to this. Make sure you're protecting your eyes. Make sure you're like, there's so many things that we're supposed to be making sure that we do. <laughs> and there's just too much in the world, right? And that, like, a lot of it's just the peripheral stuff. It's it's not even the, the thing that's right in front of you, the people that matter the most to you. And I'm, I want to share that I think the, the self-leadership that we are responsible for when it comes to the most important people in our lives, the relationships in front of us, it is, um, such an honor to be somebody's wife or husband. It's a real honor to be somebody's parent, to be somebody's son or daughter. It is an honor to be somebody's friend or coworker or boss or employee or student or teacher. It is an honor to have the place we have in people's lives. And when what is in us comes out, specifically when we're under pressure, under stress, overwhelmed, or in crisis, what's in you comes out. And what was in me this week, it came out this morning. And I'm not proud of it, but I also know that I took it to Jesus. I started praying. I I mean, I, by the way, like, I will say one of the most powerful things I think 
as a parent that we can do is apologize to our children. And if you don't find yourself apologizing here and there, um, you need to reevaluate, I think. You you need to want, ask yourself, are, why don't you apologize to the most important people in your life when you recognize that their feelings were hurt? It doesn't matter if you did it intentionally or not, or things got out of control. Just when you notice that your people are hurt or upset or offended, taking responsibility for what you've said and done is so powerful. And it's not just so that you can be forgiven because you've apologized. It teaches them how to do the same thing, how to humble themselves because we come and humble ourselves and apologize, repent, turn away from the way that we're going, right? And it teaches them that not only are we apologizing, but we also go to the Lord and say, please forgive me for how I spoke or what I did and how I sinned against someone else. It is a teaching opportunity to go to the people we love, the people in, right in front of us that we have the honor of influencing and affecting, even at work or in the neighborhood, church, wherever you are. You have the honor of being an influencer in, in your sphere of influence that God has placed you in. So this morning, I dropped off my daughter at school and I was fuming. It doesn't happen that much anymore because I got, I'm gluten-free now. And gluten actually used to make my um, my body feel pretty crazy. And they're now, I saw the other day, they're making a uh, TV show called She-Hulk. And I send it to all my kids and my husband. And I was like, finally, somebody's making a movie about a TV show about me. <laughs> because they started calling me She-Hulk like eight, nine years ago when I, would, I was still eating gluten. And I didn't know that gluten could um, not just in, make, inflammation in my body, but <laughs> it messed with my moods. It messed with my emotions and my mental. So my mental and emotional body was uh, self was just as affected, if not worse than my physical body was. So once I found that out, I was like, my family does not deserve a, a person like this in their house. They're not safe with me. I have to cut gluten out. So I've been gluten-free like eight, nine years old. Um, no commercial. I'm just stating me and my life. <laughs> and my people are more protected. So I don't feel crazy anger as much as I used to. That used to happen when I would have like gluten, especially like white bread with lots of yeast and sugar and gluten in it. Um, I would literally think people, all these people hate me. I hate them. Let me out of the car. I don't care if we're going 75. Like I'm opening the door. I'm getting out. <laughs> and I would actually have those thoughts. So now when that happens, I know to, it's not the food as much as there's something going on in my life. There's something going on in my mind, in my heart, and in my body, my spirit, my soul. Like I am being affected and I'm under pressure. I am overwhelmed. I'm lacking hope. I'm not aligned with truth. And I have to go get that stuff straight from me. So we're in the car, I'm fuming, and I am take big, deep breaths, and I'm like, all I can say is, Jesus, help, right? I'm just like, I don't have, there's no pretty, poignant prayers, and 
I'm just at that Jesus help stage. And um, he like he hears us when we just say, help. <laughs> Jesus, help. I say, use it every day if you have to. Like, he hears us and he responds. And I was able, before she got out of the car, to say, I am sorry. That was personal to me, not personal about you. I was really frustrated. You did have a part to play in that. And you have responsibilities that you need to address. But we will have a conversation about that later. The way I've behaved this morning wasn't actually about you. It was about me. And I'm so sorry it came out on you like that. I want you to have a great day at school. I don't want to have mornings like this. And we're going to work it out. But I apologize for that coming out and hurting you in any way. And I love you. I hope you have a great day. And I'll be praying for you. And she said, I love you too. I'm sorry. And she got out of the car. Now then I had to go drive and drop another kid off somewhere. And she's a different type of personality. She's like, oh, look at this pretty street. Don't we love this street, mom? Don't see all the pretty trees? Oh my gosh, the sun behind the clouds is so pretty. And she's trying to distract my mind and like help me get happy. (laughs) I'm like, you sweet girl. You don't have to do that. I'm going to get past this. You're not responsible. I She's the one I actually have to say, you're not responsible for my emotions and my feelings and my needs. And she is a need meter. And so I'm like, I have to tell her, it's okay for you to be kind to me, but you don't have to wear that. Again, I'm sorry. I had to apologize to her too. And then say like, that was mine. And I'm going to work it out. Me and Jesus, he's going to help me. So the mind management, the self-leadership that it, it that life requires of us when we are just going about our business, the Bible tells us to renew our mind, take our thoughts captive. And so I use the pearl practice. I've taught it in other episodes. We teach it inside the Greenhouse Life Coach Training and Certification course. Um, I use it with clients. I use it with my friends and my family. And so today, taking this challenge that I was experiencing, I had to walk myself through the pearl practice. One, the first thing that I knew was the E in my old pearl. E emotion was anger. (laughs) It didn't take long to point that one out. Um, The action that flowed from that emotion was outburst, right? And basically just sliming the people around me. And fortunately, my action, one of the actions that did not occur was I did not rear end anyone, (laughs) even though I was yelling at them. (laughs) Sorry, Jesus. So Then the result I got from that was hurt children and really affected me a bad morning. I'm like, I need to go home, go to bed. I need to go back to bed. I need to undo the caffeine and undo the shower and undo this morning and go back to bed and try again. So the legacy I'm going to get from 
those kind of results, if I don't do something about that, the legacy is going to be um, disconnected, harmed relationships with important people in my life. And if I don't do something about the anger that can sometimes manifest, um, then I will basically, I'm sorry, my cat, I I suddenly have a three-legged cat. That is a whole different podcast episode. I'm sure I'll do, but he just keeps meowing. I'm not used to having a cat meowing in my podcast episode. So bless it and please forgive Cannoli, the three-legged cat. And okay, so the legacy that I was going to end up if I keep with the results from the actions that I'm taking when I feel the emotion of anger, the legacy was going to be disconnectedness and harmed harmed relationships. And I don't want that. I, I want good relationships with my kids. I want them to trust me and I want them to feel safe when I open my mouth. So I have to trace all of that back to the paradigm. Like, what am I thinking on? And I found I'm like, literally had to come home and deal with the fact that I was thinking my paradigm was, I am so overwhelmed. I have too much on my plate right now. And I'm not going to get all of this done in time. And my paradigm was, this is all on me. I'm striving and a little bit orphaned because I'm, I'm like, it's all mine to do. Nobody's going to help me. And woe is me. And I need a pity party. Come on, somebody get the, you know, the funfetti cake. I, I need a pity party over here. I just, I want to cry and I want to get all this crazy pent up emotion that's stuck in my body because I haven't had time to release it. I want it out. Because, because like I said, emotions are biochemical reactions in your body. They actually need permission to be processed out. When you suppress them, they get stuck in your body and it gets worse for you. And if you're the kind of personality that does stuff it, you are experiencing the consequences of that suppression in your body. And that's affecting your mind, your brain and your heart. So I encourage you, take time, get in the car, hit the pillow, take a walk, turn the music up loud, get alone and let emotion come out of your body. Take a kickboxing class if you need to physically let out frustration. Um, Go take a drive, park someplace safe, turn on some music and get a box of Kleenex and ball your head off. You have to let the this stuff out and I realized I had a bunch of pent up emotion because I haven't had any time alone to that wasn't busy and occupied time alone and I needed to safely release all of that emotion that I was suppressing because I was like I don't have time for that right now so the paradigm I was ending up with was an orphaned mindset And I was striving to make it all happen on my own and get through this. And I wasn't taking it to the Lord. So because I wasn't submitting it, I wasn't taking my thoughts captive. I ended up with an overwhelmed, hopeless mindset that then 
cause me to feel anger at the injustice that I have been put into this position, which led me to actions that now I regret, right? So that's the old pearl, okay? I'm walking you through this practice. It's determining the emotions, whichever one is more, you're more aware of it at first, the emotion or the action or the result you're getting or the thoughts you're thinking and the paradigm you're believing, um, the legacy that you can see yourself creating because of, and all of this is coming from some kind of challenge that's happened to your life, like a pain, a hindrance, some kind of circumstance that you are disappointed by or harmed by, and anything that's triggering you, right? We take that that one circumstance, that situation, that moment, and we walk ourselves through the paradigm, the emotion, the action, the result, and the legacy. I do this on, um, again, on my phone on a note or on a post-it. So we flip this after we've figured out the old pearl. And we, we write down a new pearl. And I start with the legacy. The legacy I want is connectedness and joy and hope in my relationships. So the results I have to be getting on a consistent basis to have that kind of legacy, to be able to create that kind of future for me and the relationships that are important, um, is that I have to be, the results are that I have to be really connected to them. And we have to have a relationship that is mutually um, open communication and repentance and forgiveness. So the actions I have to take to get those results are, well, I have to apologize and I have to go to Jesus instead of trying to figure everything out with my own head. And I have to, I actually have to be loving, right? Those are the actions I have to take. The emotions that are necessary and the the feelings that are associated with those emotions that I need to experience in order to take actions that give me these results and legacy. Well, I would say that those are um, being at peace rather than being angry and, and trusting God with the outcome rather than being frustrated and disappointed that my expectations weren't met. So peace and trust, um, being in a place where I feel a peace and trust the Lord. Yeah, those are probably, I would say, the emotions and the, the, the emotion of peace and the feeling of trust. So the paradigm I have to be living from, believing in, that's informing my thought life. Well, that's going to take me to the truth that he is the Prince of Peace, that I'm an adopted daughter of the King. That everything that is in my dad's fridge is available to me. Everything in his bank account is available to me. And that he's really the timekeeper. I'm not. That my expectations are just that. They're expectations. But my when I turn them and I let them go, I put them, my expectations at the foot of the cross, and I begin to pick up and live from expectancy, that God will work all things together for good. That's what I need to live from. That's the paradigm is 
a paradigm of expectancy that my dad is good to me and that no matter how late we are, God's going to work together for good. He's going to use the situation and that I will have a blessed day, that my daughter will have a blessed day, that she will thrive at school today rather than being stressed out because her mom freaked out on her. And so I've, that's what I'm in the process of doing is shifting my paradigm and deciding to think on, dwell on, set my eye, the eyes of my heart on the truth that I can live and walk in peace. And it's not a false peace based on control of my circumstances, but it's a true peace because he that lives inside of me is greater than him, him than the world and the, the lack of peace and the false peace that the enemy would want me to put my trust in. So I'm focusing my eyes on that place and I'm rearranging and re- renewing my mind. And I'm, I'm actually taking the thoughts that I'm alone. I'm on my own. I have to do this by myself. I'm overwhelmed and I'm hopeless and I'm all of that. I'm taking those thoughts and I'm taking them captive actually confining them and saying, you don't get to do any more damage until I decide what to do with you. And I take the thought, I examine it, confine it, and I challenge it against the word of God. That's how you take your thoughts captive is by actually confining, knowing what the thought is, be aware of the actual thought, and then confine it and challenge it against the truth. And if it is out of alignment with the truth of God, then it goes to the foot of the cross. You take the thought captive, take the imagination captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So it goes to the foot of the cross. If it is not in alignment with the truth, I give it to Jesus and I say, I know what you're going to do with that. Here you go. And then we do what's called the great exchange. I exchange the lies and the limiting beliefs I can just give them to the Lord. I, Lord, I have been living from the belief that I'm on my own here, that this isn't all going to work out unless I work harder. Uh, I just, that's a lie and I give it to you and I'm just going to sit here and wait for you to give me the truth. So I just invite you, Jesus, to, to tell me the truth. I'm My heart is open and I want to know what you say the truth is because I want you to fill up the void that um, has been created because I'm giving you the lie. I pulled something up. I pulled a root out of the soil and now there's a hole and I want that, that hole, that void to be filled up with the truth, Lord. So tell me the truth. And the truth that I hear the Lord telling me that replaces that lie is that he says, I'm taken care of. I'm, I have everything that I need. I'm equipped for every good thing that he's called me to. And that his peace is surpassing. It, it not just can surpass. It is surpassing all other circumstances. His joy supersedes the circumstance. It doesn't negate it. It doesn't void the circumstance. It just simply supersedes it. It's above all the rest. So I can put my eyes on that, set my eyes on the things above, 
and renew my mind with the truth that the Prince of Peace brings me the peace that surpasses all understanding. So a little bit of vulnerability there, a little bit of, um, I wanted it to help you see how to walk through the pearl practice in a way that is alive and real to you and helps you understand the power of it because the rest of my day isn't ruined because of what I went through in the past hour of my life. The rest of the day is now, um, let's just say that's the testimony of the work of God. And the pearl practice is my way of taking my thoughts and my actions, my behaviors, my emotions, taking all of it and submitting it to the Lord and asking him to renew things for me so I can actually lead myself well from a place of the spirit rather than my soul. The spirit that lives within me is going to lead the rest of my day instead of the anger in my soul, instead of the expectation and disappointment of my soul. Now I can be led by truth. And I hope that this it blesses you and explains it and helps you see how you can actually coach yourself through the day. You don't need me. You don't need a podcast. You don't need someone else in front of you to walk you through this. It is this simple, just walking through the paradigm that you're living from, the belief system that you have, and how it is actually creating thoughts in your mind. Learn how to take them captive and see how they are they're triggering emotions and feelings for you physically and emotionally um, and spiritually and in your body. And then you're taking those things and you are doing something with it. There's an outward action and behavior. There's something happening that's getting results from all of that so that you can see how important your mind management and self-leadership really is. I, we call it self-coaching in, in the coaching world, just becoming someone who's able to observe yourself and then coach yourself through it. And the Pearl Practice is just one tool that can help you actually walk yourself through a clear system and coach yourself in the area of self-leadership and mind management because, you know, you might lock the cars, your car doors, you might lock your front door, your back door, and be really protective of the things that you own, your house, all of your assets. But are you actually protecting and guarding and locking the doors so that lies and limiting beliefs and the enemy can't get into your mind? Because it is there where the battleground it really is so that it, you know, Joyce Meyer, <laughs> the battle is in the mind. <laughs> yeah, it's an old book, but go read it. Um, it starts there. And that's why the Bible is very clear about what we need to do, that we have the mind of Christ. If we choose, it is available to us. We have it because he lives in us as believers in Jesus. So since it's there, go take advantage of it. Go reach out and say like, no, I don't want the, I don't want my soul to lead me. I want the mind of Christ to lead me from my spirit. And I pray that 
that leads you well. I pray that you learn how to lead yourself well, how to be serious about your mind management and understand how your actions, the results, and the legacy coming from all of that is affecting very important people in your life that you have the honor of loving well or making other choices to affect them. So until next time, friends, remember all things are possible. Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to sterlingandstonementoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. See you there.